So I'm oh, doing wow. it for the second time this week. Um, but uh, I did want to share uh, some thoughts about Parshas Bolok and also to segue and to uh, introduce you. I'm traveling today to Baltimore. Uh, I was invited to speak about uh, to the yeshiva in near Yisrael about my Rosh Hashiva. Rav Rudiman's yard site was yesterday, Yudawad Tammuz, and on Shabbos is Yudzayin B'Tammuz, and we'll fast on Sunday, which is really the 18th, um, and it's the yard site of Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg, the, Rosh Hash- the second Rosh Hashiva, and a son-in-law of Rav Rudiman, his only son-in-law. And um, they asked me to come to speak about him, and I couldn't, I couldn't say no, so you know, I'm back on the plane today. Um, and hopefully be able to share some meaningful words and perspectives, at least my perspective, from when I was in yeshiva and also the years that I benefited from his wisdom after I left yeshiva and, of course, the years as life goes on and you look back on all the wisdom that you learn and you were perhaps too young to appreciate it, which is really what Chazal tell us that in the Gemara Megillah says that our ad arboim shnin until forty years loikom inish adaita de rabe that a person doesn't really understand the depth of what his rebbe teaches him, and uh, sometimes you're you're fortunate that after forty years you're able to go back and 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 come to him and learn from him under the new appreciation for his words and sometimes you have to live on the memories and the lessons that were taught and you rehash them in your mind and in your neshama and this is the situation and it's it's very I think appropriate that it comes out on Parshas Bolok because Parshas Bolok is unique among all the Parshas in the Torah we have mentioned this before, but we'll mention it again, there's a Chassam Seifer in his last tshuva in Yeridea, the Chassam Seifer writes something that he says Yeshli bedover echad. I want to bring to point something that is unusual we don't have anything in the entire Chamishi Chumsh Torah that we ourselves, the Jewish people, were not witnesses, eyewitnesses, except Parshas Bullock. The Parsha of Bilam, the story of Bilam being hired by Bullock, the Melech Moyav, and how he went and tried and tried to curse the Jewish people from a high, from the mountaintops. This was unknown to any Jew. Any Jew was not aware what was going on. We read the parsha, we don't, we don't believe this. We have had enemies of all types in the Torah and in, in the Sifri Nevi'im, Ksuvim, that we talk about, that we expe- but we experienced them all. We knew the dangers at hand, Amalek and the Mitzrayim and you, know, you name it, every single one all the battles in Eretz Yisrael, but the Parsha of Bilam, Parsha of Bullock, that where Bilam was hired, we were unaware of this, says the Chassam Seifer. This is unusual. Kulam ra'inu be'ine, we all saw with our eyes, chutz mi Parsha's Bilam. 
Vafilu Moshe Rabbeinu lo yoda. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, the prophet, the, main, the biggest prophet, was not aware of this until it was dictated to him to write down the Torah word for word, letter by letter, and all of a sudden, because Rose dictated to him a whole episode called Parshas Bolok. In other words, the Jewish people did not know the backstory. <clears throat> they didn't know they anything not, was going no on. Idea. They were just traveling in the desert or, or camped in the desert like any other Tuesday. After Matan Torah, though, no? Okay. So Moshe would have already known by Matan Torah that this... No, 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 he didn't know. Matan Torah was only, this happened in the 40 years after, after Matan Torah. But it was dictated and written to him at the end of his life. And that was the first time he would, became aware of this happening. It wasn't like they were watching uh, right. them, them uh, you know, assemble and, assemble and curse. And then all of a sudden they're waiting, is anything going to happen? Like, like we were waiting by the Scud missiles, you know, are they going to have a, 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 um, a warhead of, 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 uh, of um, you know, um, nuclear or, or chemical warfare or not? And they were coming, they fell, and, but we knew they were, that, you know, that he was shooting. But we, here, they didn't know they were shooting curses and trying to curse. It was totally out of which is amazing. And that's what the Chassam Sever wants to point out. Umikolshkein says to the Chassam Sever, what do we learn from here? That, Hine hamaymen b'cholatoyru b'mitzvayseh rak mistapik b'parashas bilam. Chazal say, whoever believes in all of the Torah and he just doubts about parashas bilam, harehu koifer b'ashem elokeinu. He's a heretic. In, in God and his in Hashem Echad and well, we can't say that the parasha of Bilam is one of the 13 principles of faith but whoever's kaifer in it is not someone who believes Umikolshkein says the Chassam Soifer Begu'ula Achroina Hamufureshes the redemption at the end of days that was promised by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Im hashamayim, like it says in the end of the Torah. That Hashem is good and does good. And we see from this story here that Hashem protects us, even when we are not even there to pray for the protection. We don't even know anything that's going on. And this is the lesson that, that uh, the Chassam Sefer writes, is what Parshas Bilam and Parshas Bolak is teaching us, our eternal connection, and that HaKosh Baruch is dedicated and devoted to Klal Yisrael. And we see this over and over in the Parsha. And I'll just bring your, to your attention. And just quickly, how many other situations throughout history have there been like yes. this that we don't, we don't right. know about? That's, that's the illustration. Right. Right. The Pasuk, we are told, um, Chav Beis Chav Aleph, which is, which is Chav, Chav Beis Chav Aleph, which is on page 858. Oh. Menashe, I've been holding them up. And here we are, we have a seat for you. Thank you. 
So the Pasuk says at the bottom of 858, Bilam was very excited that he was offered all this money and all this fame to go with, the, with the Bullock's messengers and representatives. And he got up in the morning and he and he tied up his donkey and he went with the heads of Moab. Says Rashi, and he girded and, and saddled his own donkey. A person so, so important like Bilam shouldn't have other people to put gas in his car, to check the tires before he goes on a trip. I mean, he's the most important person. He, the Sare Moyov are coming after him. Why did he do it himself? Says Rashi, we see from here, Mikan Shasinam Ashura, the hatred that he had for the Jewish people and for God ultimately made him do things that are are beneath him. that he girded himself, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Rashi brings. Omar Karishbohu says the Gemara, Sakashbohu, I don't know if he told Bilam or he told himself or he said outright, I said, Russia, you evil person. And it's, it's difficult, hard to say whether he was talking to Bilam at this point or he was just referring to Bilam behind the scenes. He was saying, Russia, you're an evil person. Avram Avinu, their father of the Jewish people that you're going to curse already came before you. Shenamar, like it says, Vayashkim Avram Baboiker, that by the famous Akedah and Parshas Vayera. It says, Vayashkim Avram Baboiker, Avram got up, not just, not just, uh, where, like it says here, Vayakam, he got up. Vayashkim means he got up early. Zrizim Magdim and Lemitzvah, we learn out from there, Halacha. Vayashkim is even, he woke up the morning. It's much more than Vayakam. And he saddled his own donkey, even though Avram Avinu had so many servants. But when he was given this, this commandment by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to go and this 10th test and go and take your son that he's waited for for 100 years and now take him at, 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 at age 37 before he's yet able to have children himself. He's not married yet. Take him and sacrifice him. Avram Avinu got up early in the morning and he himself saddled his own donkey. And Chazal tell us over there, if you look at Rashi over there, Rashi says, we see from here that Ava Mekal Ashura, that love of, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu breaks down the barriers. And he didn't give it over to his servants to do, he did it himself. And you see from here that what's going on here is, is that we're seeing the inner workings of the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people. That it's a, it's a relationship that's built on love, it's built on devotion and dedication. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu we see in our parsha, like the Chassam Sefer writes, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is devoted to the eternity of the Jewish people and protects them even though they don't know what they're being protected from. And, and over there, Avram Avinu, his devotion in this 10th test, 
which was the test of all tests. There was only one that is called Elohim Nisas Avraham, the God of judgment, tested Avraham to see is there, is he just doing in order to benefit or is he doing it because he wants the relationship, he has the love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, and here we see that Ava Mikalkel Sashura, that the love that Avram Avinu imbued into the Jewish people. And I, 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 wanna, I feel very strongly that when someone does something out of love, out of total devotion, that love becomes an eternal event. It becomes something that never dissipates, even though it's not, it's not necessarily anything, that, anything tangible. But we know that when, when we're, we're dealing with, with, um, with the emotion of love that Kosh put into the world, when it's expressed and it's, 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 it's not just an act of love, it's, it's the love of life, it's the love of, of the relationship that Kosh Baruch Hu has with Klal Yisrael. This is what Avram Avinu put into that hundreds of years later, in the times of, of Bilam. That love, act of love that Avram Avinu imbued into his own relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu stands up here and wipes out the dedication that Bilam wanted to show the Hasina Mekalkel Sashura. Hate is really the opposite of love. And and the Oh, and and the and the the love that Avram Avinu showed lasted and is 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 part and parcel of the eternity of the Jewish people. And, and this becomes the model of what what we have in the in the Mishnah in Avos, the famous Mishnah in Avos, on this week's parsha. That, that says, famous Mishnah in Perak Hay, Mishnah Yutes. Right? The Mishnah says, Kol Mishiesh B'yodai Shloisha Dvarim Halolo, whoever has these three things, Mi Talmidov Shel Avram Avinu. Whoever has these three things is from the students of, of Avram Avinu. If you have other things, you are the student of Bilam. What are the three things of Avram Avinu? Ayin Toiva. We'll explain that in a minute. Ruach Nemucha. Ayin Toiva means a good eye. You look well on people. We always use this as, as saying, give a person the benefit of the doubt. Look at their virtues, not at their negative actions or negative things that they might have said or, or done. Ruach Nemucha, be humble. There's a low spirit, meaning that they know their place. And Nefesh Fela, which is also um, that, that you're not, not full of yourself. This is the, this is Mitalmido Shel Avram Avinu. Ayin Ra, the opposite, the Ruach Gavoya, the Nefesh Rechava, the total opposite of those three things, Mitamid of Shel Bilam HaRasha. And then the Mishnah goes, it's a long Mishnah, Ma Bain Talmid of Shel Avram Avinu, 
What's the difference? So he says, well, Talmid of Shalavram Avinu, Oichlin Boil Mazah, they eat in this world, Venoichalim Boil Mabo, and they reap the inheritance. Nachala means the inheritance of Oil Mabo, Shenemar Lahanchil Oya Vayesh, Voitzro Seyama Male, Posak and Mishlei. Avot Talmid of Shalbilam Arasha, Yorshim Gehenim, they inherit purgatory. The Yordim Leber Shachas, and they go down to the depths of that purgatory, of that, that destruction. Shenemar va'ato elokim toridim leber shachas, aposkin tilim. You, God of judgment, you brought them down to the depth of destruction. Anshe domim umirma, they are people of blood and, 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 and evil. Lo yechetzu yemeyem, they won't even get to half their days and I have and I have uh, uh, you know confidence in you HaKadosh Baruch Hu. it's interesting this is a pasuk that we say in the when we make a siyum on a mesechta what is it doing when we make a siyum on a mesechta it's interesting what this has to do but we have many many questions on this Mishnah First of all, the comparison of Ramavinu with Bilam, the fact that um, that that you have to be Talmidim Shalav Ramavinu, we understand, you have to learn, you have to review, you have to observe and learn from what Avramavinu is all about. Talmid of Shalbilam? I mean, just it's it's total just hefkerus, just uh, total doing whatever you want to do. That's basically what, what, what Bilam represents. What do you mean, Talmidov shall Bilam? You have to learn and study um, what Bilam is all about. So I heard just last week from the, from the Tolna Rebbe, from the Tolna Rebbe, he, asks this, he asked this question in his Chumashir, and he brought in a, a Svasemes, as he always lo- likes to bring, a Svasemes that was written in 1882. And that's how they're listed, and Svasemes is always listed by the year. It goes through the Parsha, which year he said what he said. 1882, he only said one piece. Usually there's about three or four or five pieces in each year that, that's brought in um, here in 1882, Tafresh Mem Gimel, there's only one piece. And he talks about, on the Pasuk in this week's parasha, Hein Om Levadod Yishkoin, what Bilam tried to curse Klal Yisrael and say that they are a lonely people. And the nations there, they don't have any, any um, recognition. And Rashi says something very unique. Rashi says, Kishahim smechem, when they rejoice, the Jewish people rejoice, ein uma smecha imoyim. No nation rejoices with them. So simply we mean that, that no one's happy that the Jewish people are having success. And that's is true. History will show that, you know, everybody hates when the Jews are wealthy or there's, you know, 
you know, uh, growing or they're developing or they're anywhere in the, you know, in, in, in the news. And, you know, we don't like the publicity either. Publicity is not our thing or shouldn't be our thing. Unfortunately, today, you know, people like to publicize everything. Everything has to be out there. But the Jewish, the Bagoim Lo Yitzchashov says Rashi and, and explained the Sfasemes so beautifully. He said, because you have to understand when we do rejoice, when we have reason to rejoice, a person has children, a person has parnasa, a person has, makes a wedding, a person makes a simcha. He says, what is it that we're celebrating? Says the Svasem, as you have to know, we're celebrating one thing and one thing only. We're celebrating a glimpse that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has been kind to us and has given us an opportunity to, to be enhanced by the relationship that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Iker tachlas ha shel ish Yisrael hu bitul elov Yisbarach. Our entire essence is that we want to feel a part of and connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when we go through life, when we experience things, we want to say this is our conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is leading us by the hand. Right? So, of course, when we have a simcha, we have a good fortune, so then we rejoice that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is giving us these opportunities. And even when he's giving us opportunities that are challenging, we say, wow, HaKadosh Baruch wants to teach me something, wants to lead me by the hand and show me how I can become better and how I can become, and this is unique. The dafka white's not happening to anybody else around me. But it's all part of the relationship. And he says, just like when we come to Friday and we prepare, we come, we prepare for Shabbos, the weekday prepares for Shabbos, so too our lives are preparing for our relationship with the oneness with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the non-Jewish have no concept of this. And therefore the Torah Rebbe expanded this in saying that therefore our simchas and our ways of expressing our, our gratitude have to be different. That's what it means. The, the, the non-Jews don't understand why when a person is successful in business, they write a bigger check to tzedakah. They want to share it. They want to show that they have a recognition. They want to look at themselves and say, how can I serve Hashem better? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll upgrade and I'll be able to learn more Torah. I'll be able to upgrade my tefillin. When I, when I bought my tefillin, I was, didn't have this kind of money. And now I'll buy better tefillin. Or now I have an opportunity to, to get a, an extra tutor for my children. So they could have extra learning. Or, or, or whatever the experience is. This is because it comes from a different source. And when the, when the non-Jewish nations look at us rejoicing... We should, they sh- we should feel that it's a to- of a total different kind of, of expression and, and expression of, of simcha. This is, this is, this is the, the attitude of 
when we call ourselves Talmidim of Avram Avinu, who was the first Jew, the father, first of the Ovois, says the Rambam in, in Pirkei Ovois, what is Ayin Toiva? Ayin Toiva kvar biyarnu pomim rabbis, in his Pirish Mishnayis. She'inyan Ayin Toiva he his stapkus, means that I can do with less, I can just because I can afford it doesn't mean that I have to indulge. Which is a Jewish concept. Can I just say yes. how amazing that concept is? Because in the secular world, if you have a good eye, I think of someone who's an art collector or something right. like that in eyes businesses, and it's just the opposite. Right. A good eye means physicality, appraising physicality. Right. That's and right. That's right. So says the Rambam that... Avram Avinu was teaching us, and this is why you have to be an astute student of Avram Avinu to appreciate that I'm, and it's not because I'm holding back, it's not because I'm, I want to I hold myself back, it's because I appreciate what it means to, to develop this idea of that I, I don't need it just because I can afford, I don't that's not what I need. And I can express myself and, 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 and broaden my, my perspective in a more meaningful way. And this is what he says, what Avram Avinu said to the Melech's Doim when he fought the battle with Lot. He told the Melech's Doim, who offered him all the spoils of war. It was, it was rightfully the, the Melech's Doim, and it was rightfully that he could have given it to Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu told him, in michut now. Don't give me a shoelace. I don't need a string from you. Give me the people. Give me the souls so I can influence them, teach them the way of God, teach them the way of monotheistic belief. That's all I want. I have what I need. You're right. I have my, we had many servants, you know. Here, when it came to do the mitzvah of Hashem, he went and, and saddled his own donkey. But this was part of that ayin taiva. What he uses it for, what his, what his dreams are, what his aspirations are. We call that she'ifais in Hebrew. This is the ayin toiva, says the Rambam. And this is what that same person, like you say, could see it and say, well, why not? Why can't I, you know, if I can afford it and I'm riding, giving charity, why can't I drive a Rolls Royce? No one says you can't. But you're not developing the real ayin taiva. You're becoming a connoisseur, perhaps, in art, in wine, and every everything else. It's not ayin taiva. You're you're not developing in the Talmud of Shalavram Avinu. You're developing in the Talmud of Bilam, and that's a slippery slope. That's a slippery slope. And there are Talmidim of Avram Avinu and Talmidim of... And the Talmud Rebbe pointed out so beautifully that we have to constantly be evaluating ourselves that our simchas and our, our expressions of simchas should be in that vein. To, you know, they should be beautiful and, and you know, yomtiv, we, we, we save up money to have good meat and it's nice, but... It's with that in mind, with that intention, to continue in the path of being Talmud of Shalav Ramavinu. And this is this is uh, this is what what the Maral always said so beautifully that that when Avram Avinu said Vayachavosh when he when he saddled his donkey, 
that he, he said, Vayachavosh es chamoiroi, he, he saddled his donkey, and the word that's used is chamoiroi, which is coming from the word chumrius, his physicality. He was riding on his physicality, meaning he harnessed his physicality and used it to the benefit that will lead him to be the Talmud of Avinu. Where Bilam Vayachavosh es asoinoi, he didn't want to ride his physicality. He his, it was his donkey. We know that he had relationships with his donkey, and he he was he brought himself and all of his wealth and all of his fame brought him to the lowest point of 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 uh, humanity. With that simple people, uh, and 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 this is where we see society is going. They want to break the basic framework of our society and, and, and our morals, that there are no more morals. And if you question it, there's something wrong with you. There's no debate, there's no d- discussion. And this is what we have to stand up for. We have to stand up against and insulate and isolate our families and ourselves. This is what, this, and this I think is what uh, our, my Rebbe, Rabbi Weinberg, um, who, of course, he was the great Rosh Hashiva and, and, and the great leader of the generation, but he was always a Rebbe. He was always there to teach and to guide his students into understanding and thinking deeply. Thinking deeply. And just to share with you, Rabbi Weinberg asked on this Mishnah, so beautifully he asked um, that... This Mishnah says you could be the Talmud of Avraham Avinu by having these three things. The Gemara in Brachas, we says, HaKaveya Mokam Litfilosoi, person who sets on Davavam Abeis, person who sets a place for his Tfilah. So, so they, the Gemara says in Brachas, Davavam Abeis, it says, Kol HaKaveya Mokam Litfilosoi, Elokei Avraham Be'ezro. The God of Avraham will be for his helping him. When the person dies at his eulogy, they'll say, He is humble and he's righteous. He's from the students of Avram Avinu. So he says, This is not mentioned in the Mishnah. It doesn't say, And even more, the Mishnah doesn't say anything about Avram Avinu's chesed. Wasn't Avram Avinu the Baal chesed? Wasn't he the one who stood up the ten tests that Akash Brochu taught him? These are the three things that. So Rabbi Weinberg explained so beautifully that to be a Talmud of Avram Avinu is, is an attitude and a direction. I think like the Svasema says, that I'm building a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch and HaKadosh Baruch wants to reciprocate and build a relationship with me. It's not I'm doing my duty, I'm doing my, my obligation. I'm doing what I want to do. I want to build that relationship. And Rakosh Brohu tells me to take my son and offer him as a carbon, then I'm willing to do that. Even though it wasn't, he didn't tell me to kill him. I want to do that. And this is the Mokam Litfilosai, he explained, is part of that humility. 
that even though I am the leader, I am the father, the first of the Avais and the wealthiest man in the world, and I have, I've, I've spread my influence to all of humanity in this monotheistic belief, but I go back to my place of tefillah, my place of connection. And it's beautiful, the, the, the source for this is where it says, Vayashkem, again, Vayashkem Avram Baboiker. Avram Avinu woke up in the morning in Parshas Vayera, El HaMakom Asher Omad Sham, to the same place where he prayed for Sdom and the people of Sdom, right? He went back to that place. Now, if you think about it, you'd think that would be the last place he would go to because his prayers were not answered. He was pleading that Hashem should save the people of Sdom. Maybe they're 50 uh, righteous people and why do you want to s- destroy them? Maybe they're 45, they're 40, 30. He was negotiating with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Which Rabbi Weinberg said to me, how do you negotiate with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm destroying Sodom. You say, okay, I'll thank you for letting me know. I won't be there on that Tuesday when you want to destroy them. But to argue with him, why you destroy him? Aren't you the... Aren't HaShoyfet Kol Haaretz? Are you, going to, are you doing judgment? How dare Avram Avinu question HaKosh Baruch judgment? So Rabbi Weinberg always explained that this means that HaKosh, he only said that because he saw that HaKosh Baruch was telling him and saying that Avram Avinu, I want this to make sense to you. I'm telling you about this. Why am I telling you about this? Just make sure that you're not, I'll make sure that you're not there. And then Stone will get destroyed like he destroyed the world in the Mabul, right? You put, put Noach in a, on a boat and then saved him. Here, HaKosh Baruch wanted Avram Avinu to be involved. Avram Avinu, you are the, the father of humanity. I want you to be involved. I want you to understand this. And in that way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Avram Avinu, does this make sense to you? So Avram Avinu said, well, if you're asking me and you're saying that it has to make sense to me, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why you can't save. Isn't there something redeemable? If they're dead, then they cannot become better. They can't, you know, re- mend their ways. Why is this necessary? And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu proved to him that this is the type of evil that Sodom went this, you know, um, went to that cannot be redeemed. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so what it did was, it built the relationship between Avram Avinu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much stronger. That was, that was what the prayer was all about. So when Avram Avinu got up in the morning, after this whole episode, Vayashkem Avram Avinu, he woke up and went back to that same place because that was the place of his connection. That was his place where HaKosh Baruch Hu revealed and revealed himself and was building this relationship with, with Avram Avinu. That is what tefillah is all about. We're not there to judge or to tell HaKosh Baruch anything that he doesn't know. <laughs> he knows that someone in our family is sick and needs a, needs a Yeshua. He knows that we need Parnassah. We're not telling him anything he doesn't know. But what we are doing is that we're, we're relating and binding with HaKadosh Baruch Hu to say, I want to learn from this lesson. You're testing me, 
either by wealth or by by poverty, by the have and the have-nots, you're, you're testing me. I'm coming to the place of tefillah because I have that ayin toiva, because I have the ruach shvela, because I have the, the, the nefesh, nefesh shvela and the ruach nemucha, because I have that's my direction, that's why I'm coming to this same, I want to learn from these experiences. I want to learn from this. And this is what Rabbi Weinberg always tried to, to show us and to teach us. And whatever role that a person has in, 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 in life, he showed us that this is an important one. It's a role that a Baruch Hu has chosen and wants you to to throw yourself into it, saddle your donkey and, and, and realize that your role is so important. And he's taught this to us in, in so many different ways. And this is, this is how we remember him, the, the, the epitome of a Rebbe, the epitome of what a Rebbe is all about, the concern and the care that he had for each of his Talmidim and for Klal Yisrael in general is something that we constantly and continuously um, learn from. And this is, I think, is the, the, the foundation of, of our parsha. the contrast between Talmidov Shel Avram Avinu and Talmidov Shel Bilam. That we... we look at ourselves sometimes and, and the Yetzirah comes to us and says not to have an ayin toiva, not to look at um, what we're doing as being anything special. And this is, this is the completely and totally the work of the Yetzirah trying to minimize our, our importance. And Rabbi Weinberg in the yeshiva and, and when he talked to any group it was always uplifting, and he would always, when he was talking to a group of business people, or he was talking to a group of Kirov professionals, or, or people in the, of course, the Bachrim and the Kailu people in the yeshiva, it was always with a sense that you, what you, where you are, this stage where you're right now, you are embarking on the most important preparation and activity that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants because you're building your, rela- your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the, the Yitzhahara always wants to tell us that the grass is greener somewhere else. When you're in yeshiva, you want to be out of yeshiva. When you're out of yeshiva, you want to be back in yeshiva. And this is, a, this is a, a, not a healthy situation. Everything has its place and everything has its chashivus in the, in the binyan, the, the, this magnificent edifice called Klal Yisrael, Everything has to be there, and everything has to be supported in its special way. And but each part has its unique purpose and unique direction and inner support. That's why this ava we started out with the ava mekalkelus sashura that the ava hakosh saw from Avram Avinu lasted and came back and undid the the evil hatred that Bilam wanted to show, and this is, this is what we, we have to learn from.
Okay, have a good Shabbos. Are you going to be taping your class?